Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. We are getting down to it, the end of the 2020 NFL season, which means we're coming to an end with my chats with Anthony Knockreiner as I go on his show, The Knock on Sports, throughout the season to talk Seahawks, to talk football, especially through the playoffs. And in my chat with him on Friday, we talked about the Seahawks' new offensive coordinator. We talked about the interviews from this past week up at fieldgoals.com. Check all of those out if you haven't already. And we talk Super Bowl, given our picks, and we'll have our picks up at fieldgoals.com for the entire staff. Be sure to check those out. Anthony and I are planning to talk again next week after the game to recap that. We'll see if that goes through, if the Bucks lose, how much you'll still want to talk about that. But we will see. Got other stuff planned throughout the week next week. So stay tuned. Be sure you are subscribed to the show, sbnation.com slash NFL podcasts or just search for field goals where you listen to your podcasts. Here it is, my chat with Anthony Knockreiner on the Knock on Sports. It is Super Bowl week. We're only a couple of days away from Super Bowl 55 as the Kansas City Chiefs get ready to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And joining us right now on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline to talk all things Seattle Seahawks as well as break down the Super Bowl is my good friend Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Brandon, it's great to chat with you once again, man. Hope you're doing well. Anthony, it's here. It's coming to an end the entire 2020 football season. We can pretty much count in terms of hours now at this point. Yeah, pretty much. And I'm I'm starting to feel a little more nervous about the game. And I, I kind of had the thought that it would be all right. Sunday morning, I'm going to be nervous all damn day. And now I'm like, oh, crap, it's starting on Friday. <laughs> yeah, you don't want it to start on Friday. Usually Sunday, once you start the pregame and turn that on, then that's when the nerves you know, you can expect that to build. But yeah, if you're if you're starting this early, then uh, you might you might have to figure out something to do here between now and then. <laughs> very true. Very true. Uh, Brandon, before we dive into the Super Bowl, because we're going to get your thoughts on that game here in just a little bit, uh, let's talk some Seattle Seahawks business and news. Offensive coordinator has been hired. Shane Walder has been hired as the offensive coordinator. Brandon, what are your thoughts on the new OC? Yeah, Shane Walder, and he comes from the Los Angeles Rams. He was their passing game coordinator there, and he's also bringing the run game coordinator, who will be the assistant offensive line coach. And so, yeah, the Seahawks looked within the division and getting a guy from an offense that they really struggled to face off against. And it's from all accounts, it sounds like Russell Wilson's in on this. Uh, Pete Carroll's all for it. And, you know, he's looking for that type of balance between the run game and pass game. Now, when people think balance, do they think, you know, oh, he's got to go 50-50 run pass? No, I, I think he's looking for, you know, just the right amount to, uh, so that way defenses are on their toes. I think the the way that defenses played the Seahawks in the second half, they just they were playing the pass because there wasn't that threat of the run. So it, you could see the Seahawks were off balance late in the season and uh, they just needed to run the ball a little bit more, I think, to to open up the passing game and have that be more effective. So that's now going to be the task for Shane Waldron. And I'm I'm optimistic, but. There's a lot of risks that go along with it because it's he's a guy that hasn't called plays for an, an offense yet. And so this is going to be his first time doing that. Obviously, he's in on the game planning, but, you know, that that that's obviously a big part of the job. And it's an unknown at this point. Now, I was about to say, I mean, that's, this is a name that's really not a, a known name. This isn't a big, okay, hey, this is a cool offensive coordinator. Hey, we know what he's done before. This really is an unknown here. And, I mean, obviously, we're not going to know anything until next football season when we see him actually uh, call plays. But were you surprised that they went this route? 
I, I don't think I was surprised necessarily because just because there's so many different ways they could go. And you know, the, the downside about going with a guy who is a known play caller is that generally he's been, you know, if he's had success as an offensive play caller, then he's been promoted to a head coach position, you know, a guy like Doug Peterson. And, you know, there, there's other guys out there that get promoted to the head coach positions. Like Anthony Lynn was a name that was already out there. Adam Gase was a name that was out there. And, you know, when you start to hear some of those names, you you wonder about them just in terms of, okay, well, they failed now as a head coach. Can they come back and be successful as an offensive coordinator? I don't think a guy like Gase would have had quite the team buy-in. So there is risk with going with an unknown, but I think you also have that potential upside that you don't necessarily have with bringing in a, a head coach who's failed. Brandon, looking at some other news in the NFC West, I got to get your thoughts here. Jared Goff now out of the division. Income Matthew Stafford for the LA Rams. What did you think about the trade? Well, it's an upgrade. I just I don't know what kind of upgrade it's going to be. You know, I kind of joked. I, I congratulated the the Lions on going out and getting a quarterback who has playoff win experience because Stafford is yet to win a playoff game. And you look at some of the things like that, like the the Detroit Lions never really playing with a lead a lot of the time. So he's had to uh, he, he's had to go in and, and get those comeback victories. So is that a Matt Stafford thing or is that just a Detroit Lions thing? And obviously with his whole career with the Lions, it's tough to separate that. But you know, he is a better quarterback in, in terms of the things that he can do. So I I think it's an upgrade for the Rams. And uh, they still, they've moved from having the fourth best quarterback in the division to the third best. And we'll see if that helps make a difference for him. Brandon Schultz joining us right now on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Brandon, you've also had a very busy week, even though uh, Tampa Bay and Kansas City are playing for the Super Bowl. You've had quite a star list over on the field goals and Seahawkers podcast. Uh, first off I, last week and I shared, this is really cool and I want to get, I really want to hear how this interview went um, and your interactions with him. I mean, I listened to the interview it was a lot of fun, but just the, just the fact that you talked to Marshawn Lynch, what was it like beforehand and, and going through the interview? Is he, is he as consistent as a personality as we see on TV and hear sometimes, or is he completely different off air? Well, I think you have to separate the types of Marshawn Lynch interviews that you you got from him when he was in the locker room after games. And you, you see reporters asking him questions about what just happened with his play on the field or his team's play. And you know that, that was a totally different type of interview. But when you see him going like Conan O'Brien or, you know, some of the national shows or you know, showing up in YouTube videos, you know, he's always an engaging person and, you know, extremely thoughtful. And you know, he he cares so much about doing stuff within the community. So there's there's really two types of Marshawn that you get. And, and I'm I was fortunate that I got the the second one because yeah, just, you know, hearing talk about, you know, one, some of the things that he's doing right now with with Subway. And, you know, it's it's really all about helping kids, which is one of the big things that he's all about is, is helping out in the community. So, uh, you know, it was it was good to get some of those stories from him. Good to hear him talk about, you know, some of the uh, some of his experiences with the Seahawks, too. I, I talked to him about Aaron Rodgers and uh, and an experience after, you know, his last game in a Seahawks uniform. So, yeah, just cool to hear him talk about some of those types of things. And, yeah, he, he couldn't have been nicer. What was the one question, and, and maybe you got it in, but what was the biggest question you wanted to ask Marshawn? Well, 
The biggest question was the one right off the get-go because uh, I, I have a friend who I, I work with uh, who is down in the Oakland area. She actually lives in Oakland, and her son did a football camp with Marshawn. And so you know, just knowing that I, uh, you know, we have this kind of connection, he's done Marshawn's football camp. It, it turns out that he actually signed a photo for Marshawn and gave it to him, and, and Marshawn remembered that moment. And so I, I, I wanted to ask if he still had that photo. And uh, and it's kind of started off the interview and it got a good laugh of him reminiscing about this particular moment at his football camp where, uh, yeah, he, he lined up across from the kid and they're doing blocking drills and uh, Marshawn ends up you know pancaking the kid and you know, like jiggling on top of him. And uh, it, it's kind of a funny viral moment. If you haven't seen the video, the post is up at fieldgoals.com uh, and it's linked to that video, too. And And so that was. That was kind of where that all started. And uh, yeah, just to get his reaction from that moment was fun. Now, you also talked to Shaquem Griffin. You also talked to uh, Lofo Tatupu as well. What was it like to talk to those guys? Yeah, Lofo was fun because, you know, he kind of goes back to that Mike Holmgren era. And, you know, just hearing some of the it, we, we went back and talked about the 07 team. And one of the things that really jumped out to me was just how much he can recall, like <laughs> We got to talking about the Seahawks 07 team and the the amount of talent on that. And then it catapulted him into thinking about some of the other teams from that 05, 06, 07 era that didn't have a chance to compete in the Super Bowl that were really, really good. And and then he got to reminiscing about the Pro Bowl in that 2007 season and how the Cowboys had 11 players on that Pro Bowl team. And he listed every single dude from the Cowboys on that Pro Bowl team. (laughs) And uh, just the recall that he had on, you know, from those moments and, and just talking about some of those those years and getting his thoughts there were really fun. So, yeah, talked to two former players and then Shaquem Griffin, one current player. And one of the things that blew me away talking to Shaquem is that of the Seahawks players on the active 53 roster this year, only six of them were actually on the 2016 team that won the NFC West championship. So. You know, that's 46 guys, 47 guys that uh, that were brand new to winning an NFC West title on the Seahawks since last time they did it. And, and just when I thought about that, that kind of blew me away. It's just, you know, this is a relatively young team or inexperienced in terms of winning with this organization. And so just to get Shaquem's thoughts on actually getting that accomplishment, getting the NFC West title was kind of neat. Right now, we are with Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Coming up next year on the Knock On Sports, we'll get his thoughts on Super Bowl 55. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers will host the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 55 as we get ready for the final game of the NFL season. Brandon Schultz joining us right now to break down the game. Brandon, I'm curious to your thoughts on this. And it's because it's bucking. And I'm fine with it, after all. Uh, listen, I, I hope everyone keeps pouring it on like this. But for some strange reason, some people think that Kansas City is just going to roll up on Tampa Bay. So I want to get your thoughts. Do you think this is a Kansas City blowout? No, I think this is going to be a close game. And I can see why people lean that way, just because the way Mahomes is, you know, having weapons like Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. And what we saw from the Tampa Bay Bucks, they didn't really seem to have very many answers for Tyreek Hill in that first matchup this season. So I think a lot of people are pointing to that, but these are going to be two different games. I mean, just because there was a blowout in one time, it doesn't mean, you know, the Chiefs have the Bucks number or anything. And this is Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. This isn't Tom Brady in the regular season. So 
I, I think that this is going to be a close game. Yeah, I, th- I think so as well. Listen, I mean, Kansas City, Tyreek Hill blew the doors wide open on Tampa Bay. All right. It was 17 nothing at one point before Tampa Bay scores its first touchdown. Then Tampa Bay makes a game of it in the final three quarters. So I think I agree with you. And, and like I said, obviously, as a Bucks fan, I'm going to agree. We didn't say this is going to be a close game. I want it to be a close game because that means at least we have a shot. No, you to win want it. it to be a blowout. Uh, Anthony, I, I watched Super Bowl 48 with the Seahawks. It was 43 to 8. Fans of a team, you want a blowout. You don't want it to be close. I, I did this in back to back years. The first one was better than the second. <laughs> Fair enough. I was going to say, one Super Bowl I had before was was a blowout, so yet this is true. Um, but I will say this, and I think, and this is what I've been saying all week. I've said this on other shows, so I want to get your thoughts on this. This game, and I know it's cliche to say, but it will come down to Tampa Bay's defensive line. It'll come down to Sue. It'll come down to Vea. come down to JPP, Shaq Barrett. It'll come down to them because of the shakiness of that offensive line. Losing Eric Fisher, I think, is bigger than a lot of people are attributing to Kansas City. Yeah, that, that is a big thing. And really, Tampa's defense, you know, the what they were able to do with the defensive line against Aaron Rodgers, it was a big reason why that they won that game. And I, I just have the questions about the secondary for Tampa. You know, where are they going to really direct their focus? Because there, there was more focus on Kelsey in the last game when it maybe should have been on Hill. And so maybe if the safety helps over on that side, that, that that's going to make the difference. In, in how they defend the Chiefs this time. But, you know, Kelsey is a guy who can tear you up too. And I mean, you really have to make sure, you know, it, when he is on the line, are they going to have a defender lined up opposite from him that's going to put their hands on Kelsey, not give him those clean releases off the line because they have that chemistry, Mahomes and Kelsey, that you know, he can, if he gets that clean release, then, you, you know, he's he's finding a way to hit Kelsey in stride. He can get yards after the catch. So they can beat you that way, too. And I think that's, again, that, that's why the Kansas City offense is so everybody's giving them so much credit. But gosh, Anthony, I mean, I don't have to tell you the the a number of weapons that they have on the Tampa Bay offense, too. I think they have that ability to really march down the field and match touchdown for touchdown with what the Chiefs are able to do. Plus, they're playing at home. Yeah, I was about to say, that's going to be interesting because obviously we've never seen this before. I don't know how much home field to actually play in the Super Bowl. I mean, I think it's ridiculous that we can't use the cannons, but we will be shooting those things off as long as we win the Super Bowl for a very long time. Um, But it's going to be really interesting. I think that, too, I agree with you. I don't think like Kansas City's defense, they're not great. They're not bad either i'll give them a ton of credit they can't get after the pass rusher they've got some guys that can definitely cover but let me let me ask you this brandon right now if you had to look at which uh matchup is is you know could favor which defense i think tampa bay's defense can stop uh kansas city on a couple of occasions whereas kansas city's defense again if tampa bay has to rely solely on the pass i think they have to be able to run the football as well i don't know which one i would really pick to be more favorable because I think it really it it comes down to experience for me because Tampa Bay with Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, I, I just have to give the edge to that, really, because you can look at the the defensive line for the Bucs and, you know, Levante David is you know such a great linebacker. And I can't even think of the linebackers on the Chiefs that really stand out to me You know, in terms of secondary. You got Tyron Matthew for the Chiefs. I don't know if you know. There's really anybody who stands out to be uh, on the Bucks side. So I mean, they have different players in different areas, and you know, it's which quarterback is able to you know really 
find those matchups that they can pick on throughout the game and take advantage of them. I, again, because of his amount of time in the league and he's done this before, I, I really have to lean Tom Brady in this. Brandon, let me get your thoughts on this. What is the X factor that you're going to be keeping an eye on or would be keeping an eye on this game? Well, I, I think it's going to be, again, the, the way that the Tampa Bay Bucks defense, because I don't think you can take away both Kelsey and Tyreek. So which one of those matchups are they really going to, to try and take away the most? I think if it's Tyreek, then that's probably the better strategy. And and so that's that's the thing that I'm watching most. But, you know, another X factor is which one of the teams is going to be able to run the ball better? I know that the Chiefs, you know, they they go out and they they use their first round pick. Yeah, you know, they they've been able to find success in the playoffs when they've really got their run game working. And I mean, it's been a question for Tampa Bay through part of the season, too. And so that that's another thing that I'm I'm really curious about seeing. But you know, with these two offenses, maybe maybe they just decide to air it out the entire game too. That that could be what happens. Well, I think that's a big mistake for Tampa Bay because I think they have to be able to run the football. Uh, I think they have to rely on Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. When those two guys have been effective, that's how Tampa Bay's won playoff games. If you look even at last week, uh, Leonard Fournette. You know, I kind of wish they would have gave him the ball a little bit more than Ronald Jones. And then you know, you go a couple weeks back, Ronald Jones was you know carrying the rock pretty well as well. So I think it's got to be those two guys in particular. I think for Kansas City, um, I think that they could run the football. But at the same time, if they don't run the football, I, I think they still have success. <laughs> right. And we've seen that from them because, you know, Mahomes, he's not just looking deep all the time. You know, he'll get off those quick throws. He'll he'll dump off the, uh, you know, quick pass to Edwards Hilaire or whoever's coming out of the backfield. So I I think they have a way of you know, hitting those high percentage passes that kind of, you know, they mimic a run game. Right now, we are with Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Brandon, time for your picks. Who do you got? I am going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Anthony. I know you're going to be happy about that. We're going to have our picks up at fieldgoals.com. Our our whole staff made their picks. That's going to be up on Saturday. So uh, you'll see my pick there. And I picked the Bucs to win on a last second field goal 31 to 30. Brandon Schultz joining us right now. Brandon, if they want to catch the latest work on the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast or those conversations with Marshawn Lynch, Lofa Tatupu, or Shaquem Griffin, how can they do that? Yeah, all those posts are up at fieldgoals.com. So you can go straight to the website there, listen right through the website, or you can go to sbnation.com slash NFL podcasts, subscribe to the show. And uh, I'll be talking more on the Seahawkers podcast coming up to seahawkerspodcast.com. Brandon, really appreciate time. Really appreciate the insight as well. Look forward to chatting with you again soon. Appreciate uh, us doing this throughout the season, Anthony. Best of luck to your Bucks on Sunday. <laughs> 